You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're continuing on a teaching entitled Looking Forward. Why don't you say that with me? Looking Forward. If you'll recall, uh, we have felt prompted of the Lord that 2010 would be a year of growth. And by growth, I mean personal growth, uh, spiritual growth, that good changes would be happening in our lives individually, corporately together. And uh, we're committed to it, at least I am, uh, that that would happen in our life. Uh, We've spent a couple of weeks um, kind of bouncing off this quote that to me uh, articulates so well so many different things. A quote from Pastor Brian Houston of Hillsong Church in Australia. And I just want to go over this quote again here. Our loyalty to the future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. Will you read that with me? It's up there for you. Our loyalty to the future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. And I'm finding over and over that this applies to so many different things. And uh, we're actually going to use it a little bit today as well. And uh, we can apply it just over and over and over. But I think it's an important thing for our growth, personally, individually, corporately together, that we truly have a greater loyalty to the future and what's ahead rather than what has already happened. Jesus said that the wise householder, it actually also includes the idea of a steward of possessions and it talks about a household so it's a life it means a whole lot of things there he says that he brings out of his treasure things new and old the amplified bible says things fresh and familiar and so it's a blend of those it's never an exclusion of others or things it's an inclusion it's a wise blending of things new and old that helps us to grow and uh, move on to a better brighter tomorrow Amen. Can we practice amen one time? Now, do you know what we're doing when we're saying amen? It's kind of like when the delivery guy comes, because that's what I am. I'm just a delivery guy. Some people go, Pastor, that was such an awesome message. You know, and that's like you telling the delivery guy, all these cookies are great. All he did was drop them off. Okay. But some things because of their value, you have to sign for. So amen is uh, you signing for it. And I'm going to knock at your windows and your door and huff and puff and come down your chimney, you know, and that's all we're doing there. And amen really is a declaration. Actually, in the book of Revelation, it's one of the names ascribed to Jesus, that he is the amen. And it actually means so be it. Let it be that way. And the emphasis in the Greek also includes the idea. Let it be that way in my life now. And it's, it's an affirmation that that's truth. That's yes. It's not just a religious word that we throw out there. And we try to be careful with our amen count, you know, so that a lot of preachers and different people, they just throw in amens and praise the Lord's as fillers. So it's like, we're glad, amen, that you're here. Praise the Lord. And we're going to have an awesome praise the Lord. Good time. Amen. And you're going like what? And so, yes, yes. And hallelujah. And all those are wonderful things, but so is chocolate. You know, you just don't want it on everything. Okay. And so, uh, 
from time to time, I'm going to ask you to sign for a valuable delivery. And all I'm going to ask for very simply is an amen. amen. Y'all are awesome. Such quick learners. Amen. Life is a continuous cycle of crisis and process. And you'll say, oh, pastor, that's doom and gloom. No, it's not. It's reality. That life is continuous cycle of crisis and process. Crisis occurs on all different levels and to different degrees. Some crises are just little things. They're just little things. But by definition, they would, they would pose to be a crisis. And then there's huge things. And then sometimes there's the perfect storm of circumstances and consequences coming together that creates a real huge crisis. And what we do with any crisis is we immediately begin to process. Why? Because we want to move from crisis. Listen, as believers and in light of what Jesus has done for us, you're not called actually to cope. You're called to be delivered, to be rescued. You don't stay in a broken down situation. You go to God, God gives you the wisdom, God gives you the help, and he helps you to move on. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and that's just the way it is. No, he delivers us from them all. Y'all, come on now, did you use up all your amens? What's the deal here? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. Sometimes there's need for endurance. Sometimes there's need to just got to stay in place. Sometimes there's need for some introspection and repentance and so forth. But the thing is, is that we don't stay in a crisis. And we're, you're already wired that way. That when crisis begins, be it a little thing, a big thing, or a combination of all those things, we immediately begin a process to get out of that crisis. Now... Often, progress is preceded by crisis. A lot of times, an actual crisis can prove to be a pivot point, a turning point in your life where real change comes. You end, you end up in a situation, you know, I've known people before that, you know, suddenly they had a real wake-up call concerning something with their health or whatever it would be, and it really provided a, a pivot point, a turning point in their life. And so a lot of times in our life, uh, progress is preceded by crisis. Now, I do realize that things come to us some, sometimes out of the blue. How many of you know that you have an enemy who hates your guts? Okay. And that would be the devil. And he's against you. He's against the cause of God, the purpose of God for you. He doesn't like you at all because you remind him of him. You're made in his likeness and image. Whether you realize it or not, you smell of heaven. Because you've had, you've had supplements from heaven placed on your life. You have peace. You have joy. You have grace. You have things on you that, that the devil knows and remembers that that's of God. It's on your life. So he's against you. The Greek word antidikos, he's against the cause and he's against you. He's an adversary. And so because of him, sometimes things come into your life that create crisis. Also, you've got to realize you are surrounded by, not necessarily right here, but in life, surrounded by careless people and selfish people. And an enemy that hates you. So there's a lot that can happen in our life by way of crisis that 
could be attributed to those things. But I want to move on past those things and look at the things that maybe you or I could prevent. And this is what I want to say that much, let me at least say some, but I would go so far as to say much of the crisis that would happen in our life is number one, either self-inflicted. If you're honest and humble, come on back. How many of you have ever messed something up on your own? Okay. Okay. It's either self-inflicted or secondly, it would be preventable, preventable. And that means this, this could have been avoided. This did not have to happen. This did not have to come to this. And so there are those things that as they happen, that were preventable, avoidable, perhaps self-inflicted. We're able to look at the end result of that and see cause and effect. We can see how that happened. If you're honest, you'll look at your own life and you can see the cause and the effect. But we're much better at looking at other people's lives. I could have told them that was going to happen. And, you know, we can see clearly the cause and the effect. Now, too many people live life either inactive or reactive. And what I want to move you today toward is proactive that you would be proactive and that we would be ahead of the game. A lot of people live life without looking forward. They live life without thinking ahead. And then they're surprised and shocked. We're not, but we're, they're surprised and shocked when suddenly their life is a mess. They're lost. They're in a world of hurt. And, and you know, again, cause and effect are pretty visible, pretty obvious there. But when you fail to, and the title of this series is looking forward. When you fail to look forward and you don't think ahead, then you should not be shocked or surprised when suddenly you've, you've got a mess and you've got some broken things and you've got some uh, uh, consequence that you've got to deal with. Now, I have found that in ministry, much of ministry is what I call people repair. People repair. And the other part of ministry is what we're doing today as well. And this will be a blend today. We're not only trying to be involved in people repair, but we're also trying to uh, uh, help you to be preemptive, help you to be proactive so that we don't end up going to places, so to speak, in life that we end up damaging ourselves. You know, people don't on their wedding day ever dream that it would end up to be the situation that sometimes it ends up to be. People young and active and playing and everything, they don't, they don't ever dream that one day they may have some kind of crisis or health crisis or relationship or finances or whatever it would be in our life. And so much, though, of ministry is people repair. And I also find then that much of the damage comes... When people somehow miss or ignore, it's important you get this, they either miss or ignore the warning signs, the red flags, the flares, the people waving their arms to get you to stop, you know, before you go too far and you're headed in the wrong direction. I call it this, oblivious to the obvious. Oblivious to the obvious. Oblivious means this, you're either unaware or you're unconcerned. And so there may be something ahead in your road. And if you're oblivious to the obvious, 
You're either unaware or you're unconcerned. And I want to address both of those today so that you and I are looking forward so that we can have better and brighter tomorrows. If you're with me, come out and sign for your package here. All right. Good deal. Proverbs chapter 22, verse three. This is also found in Proverbs 27, verse 12 verbatim. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation and then from the message paraphrase. It says this, a prudent person, go ahead by faith, say, that's me. Okay, a prudent person, watch what happens. They foresee, foresees danger and takes precautions. Remember, we're talking about looking forward. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton, say, I know them. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. In the Message Bible, a prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. A simpleton walks in blindly and gets clobbered. A prudent man foresees evil. Let's look at the first part of this. A prudent man foresees evil and takes precautions. So let's let's break this down just a little bit. A prudent man. Everybody say prudent. It's not a word that we use a lot anymore, but I wish we did. It is something certainly that we need to embrace and re-embrace in life. And the word prudent is used interchangeably in scripture, especially in the book of Proverbs with the word wise. There are three types of people in the book of Proverbs. You've got the wise, the foolish, and the scoffer. And today we're going to look at the wise and the foolish a little bit. The scoffer is just very difficult to deal with because they, they're resistant and they make mouths at and they're, you know, uh, rebellious. And so the prudent, uh, also being the wise, let me tell you what a wise person is. They know right and wrong and they choose right. So you know right and wrong and you choose right, then that is prudent. That is wise. Now, let me... Try to illustrate this for us today. Let's call this today and this yesterday and this is tomorrow. Now, I'm not literally talking about Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm talking about this is now and this is what is past and this is what is ahead. Are you all with me? Now, the prudent, according to this verse in the bulk of scripture and just look at life, the prudent... The wise, say that's me, they understand that today and tomorrow are connected. Today and tomorrow are connected. And we also understand that today was connected to yesterday. My present has been affected by my past. In a good way, a bad way, a mix. Either way, days are connected. Come on. They're connected. The prudent, for our purposes today, understands that today and tomorrow are connected. Now, today's decisions, today's decisions, today's actions right now must be informed by and must be influenced by how they're going to impact tomorrow. I'm going to go over that again because it's huge. And we're going to show you the opposite side of this in a moment. Today's decisions and actions must be informed by, must be influenced by how they're going to impact tomorrow. That's called prudence. That's called wisdom that today I'm thinking about, not worrying about, but thinking about tomorrow. Now, based on my experience 
and based on my observation, then this is almost predictable. You and I have learned enough, gone through enough, and observed in other people enough. We know that there, if you do some things, you're going to get some results. And so this helps also to inform the whole situation here. That as based on experience and observation, I can almost anticipate my future. Now stop throwing this thing up in the air and you go, well, you just never know what's going to happen. Listen, God knows what's going to happen. And God has given us his, his word and he's given us principles and promises and laws. And if you'll live by these, things are much more predictable than you would think. Instead of just living, well, you never know what the Lord's going to do. Who told you that? He wrote down for you. This is what I'll do. You do this. I'll do that. You don't do that. Watch me. And so stop throwing up this vague little thing because then that leaves everybody irresponsible, mainly you. And what we want to do is take our responsibility for this. And based on our past, based on our experience, based on our observations, we can anticipate the future and we can decide accordingly. Also based on our past, watch this, based on our experiences and our past and based on our, you ready? Our hope for the future. Do you have any hope for the future? Now, let me ask you, do you have any hope for the future? Is it good? It better be or it's not hope. I mean, what, what do you hope? You need to wake yourself up, stir yourself up on this. What do you hope for your marriage? What do you hope for your finances? You're just going to watch the news and just, oh, okay, we're just going to go this way. What, what do you hope for that? What do you hope for your children? What do you hope for your grandchildren? What do you hope for your health? What do you hope for your impact? What do you hope for whatever's on your tombstone? He was an astronaut. He took up space. You know, or Whatever. I got a thousand of them. I'm here through Thursday. Okay. <laughs> what do you hope? I've got big hopes. Two, two of my boys were up there and fulfilling some hope and even stirring up more hope. You know, that they have some significance, that they, do, they go do something, accomplish something that helps people and blesses God and expands his kingdom. And I mean, you've got to have some hope for things. You've got to stop just, que Sarah, Sarah. whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. All right. Now, where was I? Your experiences from the past teach you. And your hopes for your tomorrow. These should inform you. And it should bring you to this place today. Now. Everybody say now. It should bring you to this place right now. Then what is the best thing to do? What is the best choice to make? What is the best action to take right now? Because of what I know and because of what I hope, then it brings me to a place of prudence where what is the best thing to do right now? Okay. You with me so far? Now let's look at the other side of this. And it talks about the simple. The simple and the simple, this word is interchangeable in scripture with the naive or the foolish. 
And just as the prudent knows right and wrong, this D is bothering me. Hold on. Just as the prudent knows right and wrong and chooses right, the simple or the foolish, they know right and wrong, but they choose, they choose wrong. Now, the other thing about the simple is they don't seem to understand that today and tomorrow are connected. They just think party now. Live for now. Don't worry about that. We're here. We're now. Let's go here. Let's do this. And they don't, they don't think that there's any connection. They always think that tomorrow is tomorrow. But today turns into tomorrow. And then I don't want to get into all that. You know how that works. That yesterday was, never mind. But the simple, the scripture says, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. The New International Version says, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. They don't understand that today and tomorrow are connected. Now, if you were, if you were to ask them, say, hold up and ask them, do you think there is a connection between your choices today and your outcomes tomorrow? They would probably think and say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, there probably is. I think you're right. But the reality is they may believe that or they may agree with that, but they don't live that. They don't act on that. And I hope that's not you today. Now, I meant to tell you this earlier, and I warned first service about this. Not all of this message is going to bless you upon immediate impact. You're not going to appreciate everything when I first give it to you. I'm running a little risk today of ruffling some of your feathers. I I learned from John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad. He's gone on to heaven now. He said, if you rub the cat the wrong way long enough, he'll turn around. So if I rub you the wrong way a little bit today, this is to help us so that we can have some better, brighter tomorrows. Now, how do we apply this now? Watch this. The prudent believe that today and tomorrow are connected. The simple do not seem to understand that they're connected. And they think that tomorrow actually never comes. Follow this. The prudent foresees danger, sees risk or potential, and they make adjustments. They act on that. The simple, they see it, but they go on blindly They just walk right into it and they suffer for it. They suffer consequence. So here's the application. Every time, everybody say every time. Every time time you or I skip exercising, we see danger coming and we ignore it. I told you it wasn't going to bless you yet. My job's just to tell you the truth. Every time you or I skip church, we see danger coming, but we keep going. Every time you and I stop or don't pray or feed on God's word, we see potential out there, danger, and we just keep going. Hold on, it gets worse. Every time you light up a cigarette, Lie to someone, gossip, 
Spend money that you don't have, and I can go on and on, and I will in a few more minutes. You act like today and tomorrow are not connected, that tomorrow will never come. And the potential danger or risk that would be out there, you see it, but you just keep on going and you'll suffer the consequence for it. What you sow, you will reap. What you plant today will cause something in the future. Whether you believe that, whether you act on that or not, bless you, um, that will happen. And what we've got to do is be prudent and not be simple about this, foresee, be able to look ahead and know that there's something out there that I need to take precaution. I need to make adjustments so that things can go better for me. There are some things that I can adjust so that I can avoid some heartache. Now, what a lot of people do, though, is they think that they are or they hope that they are the exception. You know, and where somebody would say, well, I know my great grandma and she's. She smoked for 70 years and dipped snuff and drank whiskey, and she lived to be 97. But do you think I'm going to tell my kids, all right, the way you live old is do all the things like grandma did? Grandma would be the exception. So it's the exceptions that make the news. We're not after the exception. We're, at, we're after the principle. We're after the law. We're after the path that we are to follow here. But a lot of people think, well, I'll just be the exception. It won't happen to me. And that's a dangerous thing that happens uh, with, with each upcoming generation. It seems to come on them that it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me. I call it the video game syndrome. And it's because, you know, you can play a video game. And I recommend you do. I mean, some of y'all get a Wii, get Wii Fit, do something, you know. And you can play and you get involved in that. And what if you're being surrounded by aliens and zombies? And a bunch of them and you're getting behind in the game. Guess what? No sweat. Because you can game over or we can reset or I've got bonus points. I've got extra lives. I've got cheater codes. <laughs> this won't happen to me. This is not even real. And a lot of people live life that way. And that is not prudent. That is foolish. Now, let's move on here. The prudent act as if then... Is now. For the prudent today and tomorrow are connected. For the, for the simple or for the foolish, tomorrow will always be tomorrow. Now I want you to notice that they both see the danger coming. They both can see that. But they respond and react differently. The prudent act on what they see. You told me earlier you were prudent. And so you know what marks you as prudent? You act on what you see. I said you act on what you see. If you were preparing to go on a trip and you look ahead, you look forward and you look at your vehicle and you see that it's leaking two different things under the motor and you see that the front tires are bald and you see that there's a big screw sticking out of the back tire. If you're prudent, you say, we aren't going anywhere yet. We've got to fix some things now. If you're simple, you go. Oh man, whatever. We'll be fine. <laughs> Get in the car. It's best to be prudent. And in the same way that we would look at that, we've got to look at other things too. You've got to look at your relationships. Are there some danger signs in your relationships? You've got to look at your finances. You've got to look at the economy. I mean, we're hopeful for the economy. We're looking at that. But, you know, the, the, I've said this before. If the market were a woman, 
I would leave her in a heartbeat. Because she's up. And then she's falling. And then she's down and mad. And I'm back. It's like, leave me alone. Y'all with me? And we're hopeful and we're prayerful and all that stuff. But just look back, okay? We have to inform our decisions and choices also by what we've seen and experienced. And if you look what economy has done forever, just all over. So don't think that, and I'm not, a, I'm not doom and gloom. I know you put God your source. God will get you through any storm, anything. But you also have to be prudent. But with, you know, if we think that there'll be no more dips or no more anything in the future... That's simple. Get in the car. We're going. You've got to make some changes on your finances now. Because tomorrow will come. I said tomorrow will come. I could go on and on. Health situation so forth. Tomorrow will come. Now, there is always forgiveness. Aren't you glad for forgiveness? There is always forgiveness, but there is also a point of what I'll call no return regarding making choices and going down a certain path. There, there is plenty of opportunity to repent and the Holy Spirit will deal with you. You better turn and you better turn now. And there'll be red flags and people directing traffic and flares going up and barricades. Turn and turn now. Stop. Don't go any further down this road. Do not turn back. Go back. Go back. But there is a point of no return. You can continue on and you can blow past those things, oblivious to the obvious. Either I don't care or I don't know. And go right past those things and there is a point of no return regarding your consequences. And you know what people want then? Watch, they, they ignore the obvious, they ignore those things. And now they want forgiveness. And now we need a miracle. You know, you can go rob a bank. I don't, don't, don't. I I quote him. He said, you can go rob a bank. No, don't. And you can have wonderful intentions behind it. Those boys moved me. I want to help pay for missions trips. I want to, I want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. No, it does not work that way. Don't do that way. And that you can proceed in that line of thought and take actions and guess what? And then finally, you're going to go past a point of no return regarding consequences. And you, and you can go back to the judge and the banker and everybody else and say, I'm really sorry. Would you forgive me? And they might forgive you. But guess what? You still have consequences. You still have consequences. And now you'll write the pastor a letter and Say, will you pray that I'll get a miracle and that they'll just let me out of here. And see, we kind of live life that way. And you can't do that. Or maybe you say, well, good, I don't rob banks, so this doesn't impact me. Okay. You could skip class and not do any of the work. And then show up for finals week. And go to your teacher or your professor and go, will you forgive me? I know I should have been here. I know I should have done the work. Can we just like... You know, forgive me. And they might forgive you, but you're still going to flunk that, right. that class. And then don't be praying for a miracle. I remember in ninth grade algebra, praying for miracles. <laughs> Fantasizing about how could I break in here and steal that grade book? 
praying for a flood to come and wash the ink away. You know, it doesn't work that way. And you say, well, that's not me either. Well, how about this? If you smoke for 40 years or you overspend or you overeat or you're rude to everybody, there comes a point in that path where it's a point of no return and you're going to have consequences. You might get some forgiveness, but you're going to have consequences and you're going to need a miracle. The prudent, let me back up here. Your actions trump your intentions and your reasons every time. Hear that. Your actions trump your intentions and your reasons every time. The prudent foresees evil and he makes adjustments. He takes precautions. The simple see trouble coming and they keep right on going. They don't think that today and tomorrow are connected. So I want to real quick before I finish here this morning, share three things with you. Just super quick here. This is what we do. First of all, alert. Everybody say alert. And by that, I mean this. You ready? Wake up. You got to wake up to your life. You got to pay attention to your life. You don't just get in your vehicle, so to speak, and take that journey. And you haven't checked out to see why is this leaking that and that? And what is this coming out of this tire? And what's going on there? You, you don't, you don't just you know, get caught in the hum and the static of life and lull yourself into some kind of daze. You've got to wake up. There has to be an alert in your life. And listen to me. Now I'm speaking for God this morning. Wake up concerning your life. Don't just assume everything's sweet and fine and dandy. Look at your marriage. Look at your children. Look at your finances. Look at your habits. Look at your health. Look at your plans, at your attentions, your motivations. Look at what's going on around your life. Wake up to it. Thank you. Secondly, act. Everybody say act. Don't be inactive. And hopefully you don't have to just be reactive. Be proactive concerning this and spring into action. I've got a suggested action list for you here. I'm going to go over it quickly. And hopefully if it's not you on the list, it will prompt some other things that you and I need to take action. How many of you would admit I probably need to in a couple areas. I do need to take some action. When should I take that action? Today? Tomorrow? Today. Today? Everybody for today? Today. It's like now. That's the prudent thing to do. Here's some things you may want to do today. Make that call. Have that awkward conversation. As the song says, say what you need to say. Cut up that credit card. Change your phone number. Break up and move out. I'm not talking about marriages. (laughs) Get some new friends. Set your alarm clock on Sunday morning. And get your rear in here. Pour out that liquor. Flush that dope. Stop supersizing every meal. Make an appointment. Don't go there with them. Tell somebody about what happened. Play with your kids. Downsize. If you need to, cancel cable. If you need to, cancel the internet. 
and throw your computer in the retention pond. Sell your TV if you need to. Start saving money. And above all, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And do it today. Do it today. And lastly, ask. Everybody say ask. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. We're doing a series on Wednesday night you need to be here for. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and we're going further and deeper learning what the scripture says. And one of the things we found out this last Wednesday is he will comfort you. And he will guide you. And he will convict you. But do you know what else the scripture says? It says that he'll remind you. And he'll teach you. And I love this part. And the scripture says that he will even show you things to come. Now, I may not give you all of the detail on that. This is a supernatural thing. And it is spirit to spirit. And I've had it happen to me. And, I, and you've probably had it happen to you. Because the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Our problem is we don't pay attention enough. We're not sensitive enough. That's one of the things I'm working on right now is God help me to be more sensitive to every prompting of your spirit. Because I don't want to miss it. And he knows. And he will show you things to come. But I've had things that I'm all ready to do this. I'm all ready to do that. And the Holy Spirit would just say, hold up, cowboy. We're not. Well, he doesn't say that. Okay. And this is inward. This was inward. He withdraws peace. Because he leads us with peace. He leads us with withdrawal peace. And I, I've canceled trips before. And I've had everything all set up. And people are expecting me and everything's in place. And I, I don't have peace. I'm not going. Well, why? I don't have peace. And that's a supernatural thing. Well, what would have happened? Don't know. And I'd rather live today with, I didn't go and I don't know why, than went ahead and you all knew why. You understand? He knows. And the prudent, why are you even prudent? Where do you even get wisdom from him? The prudent foresees and the Holy Spirit can show you things to come. And we need to be more and more sensitive to him. Ask him, ask him, ask him. Fall on your knees before him and say, direct me and help me in this. And don't let me miss this. And if you tell me and I don't hear it, please tell me again. And some, send some goofball in a green hat that glows in the dark. Do whatever it takes to get my attention. A lot of times people have this wrong idea. God's going to hit me on the back of the head with a two by four. Show me a verse. He wants to lead you by his Holy Spirit and help you. I got to finish this up. Pastor John, if you'll come. A prudent man foresees danger and he takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Don't be oblivious to the obvious. Be alert. Act. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because today and tomorrow are connected. I want you to say that. Today and tomorrow are connected. And your choices and your actions today will determine the outcomes for tomorrow. Be looking forward. Make the adjustments. 
and make them now. And you can have a better and brighter tomorrow.